Obedience is a reflection of lordship. When I went to Bible college, I was pretty excited to become a pastor one day. What I didn't anticipate is that my future kids would become pastor's kids. Some of y'all are like, you have no idea. Pastor's kids are a tricky breed, okay? Pray for your pastor's kids. They're a little crazy. Uh, but I, I, I didn't anticipate that my son was going to be, I was like, okay, my, pa- my son's going to be a pastor's kids. Uh, well, here's the reality, what you guys need to understand. Uh, when my son comes to the church, a lot of times he doesn't get to see or be with daddy because daddy's usually with other people. And so my deepest prayer for my kids is that they wouldn't despise the church, grow up, just not loving coming here. And so I did something a few months ago, a little strategy to make sure that my son loves the church. And so every time we came into this building, I gave him candy. Like, I didn't know. I was just like, every time we came into this building, I gave him candy, I gave him snacks, uh, and even more, I mean, this is an awesome place. We got some awesome stuff here. Every time we come into this building, I let him play with all the toys, like way more toys than we have at home. Obedience is a reflection of lordship. Some of you veteran parents already know that this is a bad idea right? Some of you guys already know. I mean, today we're walking into the church and my son already knows where the cafe is. That's, that's very interesting. He's like, oh, two breakfast tacos for me, please. He can't even talk, but that's what he's saying, right? And he knows the secret drawer. He knows where the cabinets, where the, the candy is, the goldfish. Even worse than that, when we go home from church either throughout the week or on Sunday, we go home and we see my son Keikoa playing with a new toy. And I'm like, babe, did did you buy this new toy? And she's like, no, I think he got it for the church. And uh, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm pretty sure my son is robbing the church, y'all, one toy at a time. Like he is robbing the church one toy at a time to the point where I feel like it's my duty now that every time we leave, I need to pat down this little two-year-old. Like, where's the toys? Put them through a metal detector. I don't know. I'm just like, I, I don't want to be that parent that is their kid is robbing from the church. And so it, it's so crazy. We're leaving and I'll find the toy and I'm literally like pulling this out of his hands. He's kicking and screaming, no, I want to love the church. I'm like, that's not how you do it. Obedience is a reflection of lordship. One day, I went to go pick up Keikoa, my son, uh, from, from childcare, and I go in there, and he has two trucks in his hand, two tr- toy trucks. He loves, he's in the season where he loves monster trucks and cars, and he's just playing with this friend, ha, ha, ha. I'm like, son, let's go. We need to go home. And so he starts walking me with his two trucks, and I see that he's about to steal. And so me, as good parent, I said, no, put it down right now. You know what I'm talking about? I just put it down. Put the toys down. And my son, mid-step, just let him go. And his face went from shock to, ah, you know, he just starts wailing on me. And I feel bad for a second, but then I was like, Man, he listened to me. This parenting thing works, you know? And I, I was so excited. And we walk out into the lobby. My son's still crying. And my wife hears my son crying. And she, when I turn the corner, she goes, hey, why is he crying? I said, babe, don't worry. I took care of it. Kekoa was trying to steal from the church. I can't believe it. He will not be that child. Like, I will put my foot down before he steals from the church. I went off. I don't know what it was. The Holy Spirit came upon me. I just was going off. Like, no, that's not going to be my son. And he said, she said, babe, 
Five minutes ago, someone went back there and gave him two gifts, those two trucks. <laughs> I was a whole. My bad, yo, my bad. Like, hey, let's go get those trucks, you know. And so <laughs> we walk back in there. We get his two trucks. He's now laughing, but with tears. I don't know. It was weird. And uh, it, was so, it was so funny. I felt horrible, but at the same time, again, I felt proud because my son obeyed even when he didn't understand the situation. See, the only thing my son knew in that moment was that daddy's in charge. And I'm going to listen to daddy. Here's the question I have for you guys. Is God proud of your obedience? Is God proud of your obedience? Or is he having to pull the toys out of your hands whenever you do, and you have so much resistance from it? See, today I, I'm excited in the sense that there's, when we talk about biblical financial principles, can I just lay this out there? There's only two options. When it comes to finances, Jesus is either Lord of all or none at all. Jesus is either Lord of all or none at all. So we know Jesus, right? The Bible talks about Jesus as Lord and Savior. We say that quite a bit. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, meaning that Jesus is the, the healthy balance of grace and truth. But unfortunately, in our culture, we lean one way than the other. We lean more grace than truth. We lean more Savior than Lord. Why do we do that? We live in a self-centered culture where it's all about me, me, me. Because here's the reality. When you call Jesus Savior and he saves us, it benefits us. It benefits me. When you say Jesus is Lord, that means you must submit and, and see him as in charge. But Jesus is not just Savior. He is also Lord. It's so unhealthy that if we only communicate to people, we set people up for failure. If we only communicate that God will redeem their lives without in the same sentence that God will also rule their life. See, today, as we continue our series, as we continue our series Blessed to be a blessing. I, I truly believe that this is not just a series talking about money. It's really about lordship. Romans 14 says this. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, we live or die. We are the Lord's. I love this. I love this next verse. It says, like, why Christ did what he did. Ready? For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. I think this is a lordship series. This is not usually one that you invite your first-time guests to or your neighbors that don't believe in Jesus, right? A lot of times, we're just like, oh, we're going to talk about finances. Let's not invite those who don't know about Jesus. I think this is the most perfect series to invite your friends. Why? Because if new believers can understand and, and be obedient in their tithes now, man, you set them up for success whenever God tells them to be obedient in other things. See, because with our tithe, it's the most tangible way to show that Jesus is really Lord. And so Jesus is either Lord of all or none at all. And our obedience is a reflection of his lordship 
in our lives. Now, before I continue, I want to address the elephants in the room. I, like many of you, understand why it is uncomfortable to talk about money in the church. I understand. See, some of you have gone to other churches or many different churches, and all you've heard was money, 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 give, 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 give. And it looks like the church is desperate for money. And in, in, in moreover, it makes it look like God is desperate for your money. Can I clarify? God doesn't need your money. He doesn't. He needs your lordship. He needs your heart. But another elephant in the room is that some of us have either seen or experienced the misuse of finances within the church. And I'm talking about globally. And we get to the point where, no, I don't want to give because they might use it for this and they might use it and they're going to misuse my tithe, my money. Do you see what you just said? You referred to it as yours. It's a lordship issue. That if you would understand that it's not yours to begin with. But I understand that that's an elephant in the room. The biggest elephant in the room, unfortunately, is this. That some, some people in the church or on the platform, unfortunately, get so uncomfortable with talk about finances or money in the church. And, and, and the reason is they are afraid that you will be offended. That you will tune us out. Or you will not return. And because of that, there's people on platforms that won't talk about finances because of you. That you might take it personally and get so offended. And so there's a reality that there's a lot of you that are just uneducated because of lack of, of, of anybody talking about this. And so here's what I say to all of that. Everything is centered around lordship. That if you are worried that the church keeps asking, 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 asking for money, check this. If all of God's people, all of them, would give, would the church lack? We wouldn't ever need to ask for anything if all God's people gave. But if you're also worried like, okay, well, what if, what if it gets misused? Again, it's not yours to begin with, but if it is all God's, wouldn't he deal with the people that misuses his money? If God's people would trust him to take care of that. And then for me on this platform, I realized that maybe some of the things that I say may strike a chord with, with some people in this auditorium, but the reality is for me, that I would rather please the heart of God than seek the approval of man. And the reality is, because this is so biblical, you're not taking offense with me, you're taking offense with him. And so, today, as we, as we look at that, as we look at this, uh, I, I just want to, I hope you hear my heart. I hope you hear my heart. Because I don't want to talk about finances within insensitive uh, attitude or a level of arrogance. My heart is this, ready? Simple. I just want to lead you closer to Jesus. And if obedience in this area does that, I'm all for it. And so let's dive in. Malachi chapter 3. 
Malachi chapter 3. Malachi is in the Old Testament. It's actually the last book of the Old Testament. So if you're familiar with the New Testament, go there and just go left. It's the last book. Malachi is a prophet warning the people of Israel about various things. And this is what it says, Malachi chapter 3, starting in verse 6. We have God speaking. And he says this, ready? For I am the Lord, and I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Can I just stop right there? He is the what? And he does not This is so fundamental. Ready? I think this is the most fundamental thing that we can learn about financial principles, that God is the same, uh, same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. That means he is the same God of the Old Testament and of the New Testament. The principles that he's teaching in the Old Testament don't just wipe away because we, we have, we've been covered by the blood. No, he is the Lord, and he does not change. Verse 7, yet from the days of your fathers... You have gone away from my ordinances. If you don't know what the word ordinances mean, it really means ordinary behaviors or ordinary practices. You know the key word in that sentence is, though? My. This is God's ordinary behavior, God's ordinary practices. It is normal to God. See, I have to explain that because I just want you guys to know publicly that me, John, any pastor, any preacher didn't make this up. We didn't create this just so that we can get something. This is God's ordinances. And he says, and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? Again, verse 8, a pastor didn't make this scripture up. God is saying, will a man Rob God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? And he replies, in tithes and offerings. So here we have our unchanging God saying, you have gone away from my ordinary practices by robbing me of tithes and offering. Can I, this is not in my notes, but can I ask this question? If I saw someone, maybe we're at the mall, Right? If I saw someone getting robbed and the robber just walks by me and I look away or don't say anything, what would you guys think about me? You're probably like, wow, that's pretty cowardly of you. Say something. Holler. Say, man, he's getting robbed. Somebody stop him. God is saying, hey, they're robbing me. And so for me, I'm, I'm taking a stand on behalf of God. To say, hey, stop, stop, stop. We need to do something. So we have an unchanging God saying, you have robbed me. Here's what we need to understand first. Is that tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. Now, if you've never heard the word tithe, the word tithe is a Hebrew word that actually means a tenth part or a tenth, ten percent. Here's why I think God chose 10% or a tenth. Why? Because a percentage is fair to everyone. 
You see that? A percentage is fair to everyone. No matter if you make 30000 or 300000 it's still a percentage. It's a penny on every dollar. See, God doesn't never ask for something that you don't have. He often asks for something you want to keep. It's not a dollar amount. It's a percentage. Here's another reason why I think God chose 10. Because if you look in the Bible, the number 10 is often connected with the word testing. It's always reflected like testing and, and, and 10. Matter of fact, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. Ready? We're going to take a test. Are you ready? Some of you are like, I didn't study. Hold on. We're going to take a test. I'm going to ask you a question, a Bible question, and then you're going to answer out loud. Okay? Can, you guys got that? Don't leave me hanging if I ask a question and you're like, I don't know. Right? Out loud. We'll try it. First question. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Cool. Say it a little bit louder. I know we've got a lot of people in here. Ready? How many plagues in there were there in Egypt? Man, you guys are good. I love it. I could have asked another question. I could have said it like this. How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? Right? Second question. How many commandments are there? You guys are, wow, you guys are smart. You're catching on. I love it. Now, I'm going to ask you a a few more questions that are similar to testing. Let me just tell you, if you don't know the actual answer, it's the one we've been saying this whole time, okay? Just in case you're like, I'm not a scholar, chocolate bear. Like, just want to let you know the answer is the same we've been saying. So watch this. Ready? Next question, how many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? I love it. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? You see the correlation? Testing and 10. You guys are doing good. Come on, let's get louder. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? How many apostles did Jesus have? Oh, some of y'all failed. That was a test. That was a test. So he's like, 10. I'm just tired of it. I just want to hear it. No, (laughs) sorry. That was a test. That was a test. But you see, testing and the number 10 go hand in hand. Tithing is a test. Many believers don't realize that we take this test in the Bible quite often. We actually take this test every time we get paid. Show of hands, and this is not to call anybody out. I'm not asking for your income, okay? So don't be like, I'm not doing it. Show of hands. Raise your hand if you get paid once a month. Once a month. Cool. I love it. Raise your hand if you get paid every other week, twice a month. A majority of you. Raise your hand if you get paid every week. Raise your hand if you don't get paid. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. No. The teenagers, I never get paid for my chores. (laughs) Tithing is a test. You know what the test is every time you get paid? Who are you going to thank with your income? That's the test you take every time you get paid. Because tithing is a test of gratitude, of who you are grateful for, for that blessing, for that, for that income. This is what it says in Proverbs 3.9. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your income. Tithing is a test of gratitude. Tithing is also a test of stewardship. It says this in Matthew 25, 9. 
For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Let me break it down with an illustration. Uh, let me break it down like this. I absolutely love my wife, okay? I just want that on the record. Some of you guys are like, I know, we heard you with painting with a twist, okay? I love my wife. I love her so much. Let's just say I was going on an extended journey away from my wife or away from my family overseas, okay? And I'm going to choose three people to really take care of my family. And so I'm going to, let's actually, let's do this. How about we do this? Let's get audience participation. Can I just get one person in this section to stand up? It's not a trap. I'm not going to ask you for money. Oh, thank you. They're like, I ain't doing it. All right, let's get somebody in this middle section to stand up. You're so brave. You like that? She's wearing a brave shirt. <laughs> Let me get someone in this section to stand up. Just somebody real quick. Somebody. Oh, thank you. Oh, we just need one. Appreciate it, though. All right. Here's this illustration. Say I'm going an extended journey away from my family. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you guys each $10,000 each month, okay? Each of you, $10,000 each month. This is how I know this is a fake illustration. I don't got that, okay? But I'm gonna give you guys each $10,000 and the instruction is, I want you to give 1,000 to my wife and the other 9,000 you can keep, okay? That's the instruction. Now, I go away a few months, few months later, I call my wife, I say, hey, how's everything going? How are the supplies? And, and, and what I, uh, you know, ask those three people. And she gets on the phone and she says this. The first person over here, they were awesome. They gave me the, the 1,000 every month and kept the 9,000. They were really, they really obedient. The second person was strange, though. The second person gave me $2,000 every month. And kept 8,000. They gave more than you, expe you expected. Now, the third person, though, it's my wife lowers her voice. The third person, though, third person, the first month gave only 800. The second month gave 300. And the, la and the third month, they didn't give anything at all. You're in trouble, okay? <laughs> now, I say, thanks, babe. Awesome. Now, I'm looking at for the next few months, what's going to happen? I look at the first person and say, hey, thank you for giving the 1000 like I instructed. I'm going to continue giving that same amount, the 10000 every month, and you keep giving the 1000 keep the nine. Now, I look to the third person and say, yo, you kept all that for yourself. I don't know if I can trust you with giving you more. Matter of fact, I'm going to take your 10000 and give it to the second person. Why? Because this second person gave above, gave more, and provided for my wife. They took care of my bride. The body of Christ is the bride of Christ. And so the question is, through your stewardship, are you taking care of God's bride? You guys can have a seat. Even more specific or practically, I hope we understand here at this church that this costs money. Like, is that, that's not news for you, right? Like, the AC costs money. Some of y'all know. Texas, it's hot. But I hope you know that the utilities, the lights, and the stuff costs, costs money. The, the supplies and the equipment costs money. 
The staff here are employees. They get salary. I hope, I hope that's not news to you. But let me put it in, in this way, and I, and I hope not to offend anyone, but to neglect the church practically of finances is like going to a restaurant every week and skipping out on the bill, meaning that there's other people that are going to have to carry the weight. And I only say this because a more harsh fact is that, that 1.7 percent of the of the body of Christ in the United States has given back to God and we wonder we wonder why there's so much evil in our country it almost doesn't seem with our giving that we even see God as Lord in our country I'm only stating this facts because this really recently I read an article about pastors and churches in America trying to find other ways of income because of the lack of giving which means that pastors and churches in America are spending more energy and more time away from discipleship, away from, from saving the loss so that they can keep the doors open. Now, he's not here in this room, but my prayer is that for John, our pastor, that he would never have to worry about finances and he can focus on what God has called him to. See, the cool thing is we talk about 20% of our church really is, it has, has given or is tithing regularly, that's just a test of who God is, that he can still do miraculous things through the 20%. But imagine with me, church, what he could do with more. Can you imagine what we would see happen at this church, in this city, in this country, if, God, if more of people would give more? Man, it would just be a testament of who God is. Malachi 3 says this, verse 9, continuing, you are a curse with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me. Other versions say, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. The awesome thing, though unnecessary, God doesn't have to do this, but the awesome thing about tithing, it's not just a test of our stewardship, our gratitude, and our lordship. It's a two-way test. It's a two-way test for God. That God is saying, the God of the universe is saying, man, test me in this. Test me and see if you don't choose me and put me first and priority in life, that I won't send a blessing where you can't contain it. See, here's what you guys need to understand. God doesn't always pay on a Friday, but he does pay on time. He doesn't always pay on a Friday, but it pays on time. If you would just trust him. And he says, test me. I dare you. I dare you. He, he dares it. See, for me, if, if it was me in my flesh, I wouldn't say these scriptures, but I truly believe that God answers his promises and keeps his promises. And so he's saying to some of you guys in this room, test me, try it out, and see if I don't bless you. You know why he puts out such a bold challenge? Because you can't outgive him. You cannot outgive God. 
You don't have enough finances, enough stuff, enough time to outgive him because he owns a cat on a thousand hills. But he just wants lordship in return. I'll end with this. I'll end with asking this question. If Jesus himself says you ought to tithe, would you do it? I'm asking. Okay, ready? If Jesus himself, Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus with the letters all in red in the New Testament, if he said you ought to, ch- you ought to tithe, would you do it? I think the scary part is that some of us still have to think about it. You want the verse? You want it? All right. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weighter matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. What he said is, woe to you Pharisees that you tithe, but you neglect justice, mercy, and faith. And then he didn't say, hey, do one or the other. He said, this you ought to have done without also neglecting this. Clearly, Jesus says you ought to tithe. See, I think we don't understand how personal tithing is to Jesus because that's what his life was for us so Jesus is either Lord of all or none at all and our obedience is a reflection of his lordship in our life because it's a testing it's a test of our stewardship it's a test of our gratitude our gratefulness to him and it's a test of him being really Lord and in charge of our life